Okay, we're going to talk about a healthy self-image. Healthy self-image. How we should look at ourselves. We know that uh, God created man in His own image, and uh, when God created man, you know, during the previous five days of creation, God said, "Oh, you know," at the end of the day, God said, "It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good." But on the six days, when He had created man, you know, the Bible described that God said it was. Very good, very good. You know, so when God gave that comment, man has not done anything, right? We have not performed either way, good or bad. We have not. But God's comment about us is, we are very good. So our self-image shouldn't. You know, we should not base it on our performance, but we should base it on how God look at us and how God see us, right? So a healthy self-image is seeing yourself as God sees you, seeing yourself as God sees you, no more, no less. You know, if this is how God say about you, how God looked at you, that's how. We should look at ourselves. That is what we call a healthy self-image. You know, Adam was acceptable by God through creation because God says so, right? Okay, so self-worth is a recognition of our value, of our worth as a unique human being. We recognize we're created in the image of God. We recognize we have value. We are unique. We have gifts. We, we you know, we can contribute, and uh, we have strength. Yeah, we know we have weakness. Okay, so, so we have a wholesome. We have a wholesome uh, perception of who we are. We can see the strength, we can see the weakness, and, and we are able to come to terms with it and accept ourselves. You know, so pride, what is pride? Pride is an inflated view of ourselves. Pride is an inflated view of ourselves. You know, with pride, there's an attitude of superiority, arrogance, unrealistic estimation of oneself in relation to others. That's pride. Inflated view of ourself. But what is humility? Humility is knowing exactly who we are. Humility is knowing exactly who we are. We're going to look into 1 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and verse 7. Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over against another. 
Okay, so to have humility is, you know, to have a right assessment, a right view, a proper view about ourselves. We don't go beyond, you know, what, who we are. We don't uh, 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 compare ourselves with others and, and think that we are uh, better or, or so on. Okay, false humility is self-depreciating. It's a self-depreciating view of ourselves. You know, some people, they say, well, you know, I'm no good. I'm, I'm, I'm not clever. I'm, uh, I'm just ordinary and so on and so on. You see, so they begin to talk down about themselves, right? And uh, especially Chinese. We like, to, uh, uh, well, especially the olden, older Chinese. I remember uh, when I was young, I was standing in, in my dad's shop and, uh, you know, some of these ladies would come by and my mom would talk to them. Then they would look at me and they would say, you know, uh, oh, your kids are smart, you know, he's... he's uh, Quite quiet, you know. He's, he's, he's behaving himself and so on. My mom will always come back with all the negative things. You know, no, he's not smart. He's, you know, it's, it's all sort of negative. You know, negative. And, uh, and I'll be standing there, you know, feeling so uncomfortable, you know, with all those negative comments. So the older, the older Chinese people, you know, tend to talk negative and bad uh, and, and that's, that's bad that's bad because those messages go in you know you, you just feel that you are not not worthy you're not good and, and so on and uh, uh, just to you see that's why I, I, I never like my name before you know my name Te Yun Huat Yun Huat Chinese Yong Fa okay because it's a very common Name, right? Uh, in Chinese we say that, you know, so you feel that, oh, you know, my name, you know what? Uh, 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 but you know, now, there's a difference. I accept my name. I'm proud of my name. You know, my name now represents me. Always prosperous. Last time, somehow, you know, when, you know, I, I, I feel uneasy, you know, people were to call me that name because I feel unworthy. All the negative messages, right? And also, you, you feel that this name is so common, so, you know. But now, when I look at it in the eyes of God, I think God plans everything. You know, He gave me just the right, right name through my Father. Always prosperous. Now, how do you like that name? Next time, name your son. Always prosperous. That's not bad. <laughs> you see the difference with self-image? When there's a change in how I look at myself, I, I accept that name. Okay? I can take that name. When I really feel so unworthy, you know, that name is somehow negative. Right? Okay, so... So humility is truly look at yourself. And so sometimes, you know, I hope sometimes when I talk, you don't feel that I'm being arrogant and being proud. No. Because there is a change inside about how I look at myself. 
So I tend to be more assertive and, and, and you know, say the way it is. Whereas previously, no, it, it tends to be negative. It te- I tend to talk, you know, not, not so much faith, you see. So, so, so it's not because uh, uh, I'm being proud or, or something. It's just that there is a change. I'm accepting myself. I'm beginning to look at myself, how God look at, look at me. So there is a change. I'm still not there. I'm still uh, learning. But, but I feel that, hey, there's so much breakthrough in terms of how I look at myself. Okay, so uh, let's... let's uh, uh, we, we don't want to be filled with false humility, right? Uh, and, and when people praise us, we, last time when people praise me, you see, because of the negative self-image, I feel so unworthy, so I can't accept. I find it hard to accept praise. But now, if you praise me, I'll say thank you. Right? Yeah. Okay, so Romans 12. How do we look at ourselves? Romans 12. Verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Don't think too highly of yourself, but you mustn't think lowly of yourself. You know, you think exactly according to the measure of faith that God has given you. Right? That is humility. Otherwise, we depreciate ourselves is a false humility. Or we think too highly of ourselves, that's pride. Okay, so we, we really need to uh, have a good, healthy self-image, you know, how we look at ourselves. And, and look at the Apostle Paul, how... Did he look at himself? You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had a, a terrible, well, he had some success in his past when he depends on his own uh, power and his performance. He feel good about himself. But then, you know, he come face to face with himself. He realized those things are, are, are not the right way. And he, he failed, you know, and he, he killed Christians. He persecuted Christians. And he was a murderer. So if you look at his past, how can he look at himself? You know, when he had done so much harm to the church and uh, and even uh, shed blood, you know, by his participation in the the, the, the martyrdom of Christian. So uh, look at how he looked at himself in First Corinthians fifteen, First Corinthians fifteen, verse nine to ten, verse nine to ten. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I by the grace of God that was with me. Okay, so so Paul, he wasn't living in denial about his past. Pretended that it never happened. He knew. 
He knew it happened. He knew that he has persecuted the church. In other words, to put it even more plainly, he was a murderer. He knew that. But now he knows how to look at himself the way that God looked at him. So that's what we talk about, you know, a healthy self-image. You look at yourself the way God looks at you. Not how you perform. Performance will follow. But not the other way around. Okay, so Paul said, I am what I am. By the grace of God. It's God's grace. You know, now I can look at myself and say, I am an apostle. I am a servant of God. I am what I am. By the grace of God. So, we will not forget our past. You know, but we mustn't allow the enemy to come and accuse us, condemn us, right? And keep us in bondage so that we cannot rise. But we have to rise, you know, by the grace of God. We begin to see what Jesus has done for us. And so we can lift our heads high and say, I am what I am by the grace of God. So seeing myself as God sees me. How does God look at us? How does God look at us? So the first thing is our intrinsic worth. Just being man. Just being created in the image of God. Having God to breathe His Spirit into us. He's the one who fashioned us. He's the one who shaped us. Right? So, everyone. So that's why when we have a good self-image about ourselves, and when we have a healthy self-image about ourselves, we also appreciate life. We also appreciate other people. No matter how insignificant, how poor, or how even uh, uh, misbehave, you know, they are, we can still see the value that person, because as a person, as a human being, they have value because they're in the image of God. So that's why we have to get rid of some of the old mindset, right? When we talk about uh, other races, you know, the Chinese, we talk, you know, especially when we don't like them, you know, we talk as if they have no worth. They are just animals. They are just dogs and pigs, you know? But no, that is, that is an insult to God. Because they are created in God's image. Right? So, so that's how God sees us. Thank God that's how he, how he sees us. And that's why we have value. We have value. The second thing is our unique self. Our unique self. We want to look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I think we are very familiar with this psalm that talks about how God created us. Psalm 139 verse 1 to 6. I want to read that to you. Psalm 139 verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. 
You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hand me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And then verse 13, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So, beside being a human being, we are a unique creature, unique person, okay, that God has shaped, that we have our unique personality and uh, gifting that God has placed, ability that God has given, and God has a special plan for each one of us. So we did not come up from the factory. You know, everyone is exactly the same. But rather we are unique uh, 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 being. So each one of us have a special values, right? Okay, so number three, our redeemed new self. Our redeemed new self. How do we know our worth? Because we are human, created in an image of God. Because we are so special, so unique. We know we have worth. And then we are redeemed. Okay, John 3.16 tells us how God loves us. And, uh, but we're just going to skip some verses. I'm going to go right to 1 Corinthians 6. For 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 20. First Corinthians 6, verse 20. Yet uh, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You were bought at a pr- price. So, how were we bought? How were we redeemed? You know, we were lost, we were sinful, and God sent Jesus to die for us, to redeem us, right? So how? What was the price that God has to pay in order to redeem us? First uh, Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know, that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world. Okay, now, so we were bought at a price with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So that is how much we are worth. 
The life of Jesus. The life of the Son of God. And so, how do we look at ourselves? How do we look at our self-worth? How much are you worth? Your life is as precious as the life of Jesus, the Son of God. That's how much you are worth. You are bought by the blood of Jesus. So God has made us His Son through Jesus. God has forgiven our sin because we are worthy to be forgiven. Because so often we say, Oh God, we are unworthy. But no, you are worthy to be forgiven because you are created in the image of God. Because we are so precious. We are so valuable. Okay? So God unconditionally accepted us, forgive us. So now we have confidence. Confidence in ourselves. Confidence about who we are. Because God has also given us His Holy Spirit to dwell inside us. John 14. We're not going to read it, but if you are writing notes, you can write in John 14, verse 7 and uh, verse 16. So when we come into the knowledge of Christ, we know Jesus, our image, our identity, take a total turn. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, If any man is in Christ, He's a new creation. Old things has passed away. Pure all things have become new. Wow. That's a tremendous uh, verse that we, we really need to absorb it. You know, aren't you glad the old things has passed away? The old things in your life. Those ridicule those hurts, those pain, those failure, those sin, old things has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So we have a new identity that is after Christ. Okay, so no longer we're talking about building our self-image. No. We have a new image. That is after Jesus. So, so that's why it's so important that we, we come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Romans 6 verse 5. Romans 6 verse 5. He said, If we have been united with Him like this in His death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. So the word here is united. We are joined together with Jesus. We are united with Him. We, have a, we are totally identified with Jesus. Whatever happened to Him, it happens to us. We die with Him. We were resurrected with Him. So the same thing applies. You know, Jesus, the Son of God, He was loved. He was accepted by God. We identify with Jesus. So now I know I'm loved. I'm accepted by God. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember those things I've done. But the old things has passed away. Old thing has passed away in Christ. Behold, 
everything has become new. So I know I'm loved and accepted. I know I am significant. Because God came to me. He saved me. I know I'm important. I'm of worth. I belong to the family of God. I know I'm secure. Remember these things? The, the needs of the inner man for significance, for love and acceptance, for security. All these are found in Christ. I don't have to strive to gain and to make myself feel good and to think that I'm somebody because I've done this, because I've uh, done that, because I have this or have that. No. Now I have a new identity in Christ. In Christ. And all my needs are met in Jesus. My inner man, the needs of the inner man are met in Jesus. So, but we see a problem. We still struggle with this new identity. You know, uh, the reason why we struggle, why we have problem, that is because of our mind, our memory. When we come into Christ, when the Bible says everything has become new, right? The inner man has become new. I'm a new person inside, born again of the Spirit of God. But my mind is the same mind. Okay, so the memory of the past is still there. And also, some learned behavior. You know, I've been accustomed to the sort of behavior that I was used to was still was still in me, okay, that that causes problem for me when I begin to think about my new identity, about the new self that I've got, uh, sometimes these this these things, these baggages in my life is is uh, causing me to to think that no, I, I am not a new creation. You know, look at the old thing that is still there, the old thing that I still do and I still do it now. You see, for instance, uh, uh, if you are a smoker, you know, in time past, maybe because of pressure, because of uh, something upset you, that's how you, 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 you get the puff, that smoke, uh, that cigarette. And, and now, now that you are Christian, for, for a time, you're okay because things seem to be fine. And, 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 and it's working out and, and it's good. And you're enjoying your new life. But down the road, something happened. You feel the exact same feeling like you felt before. You know, you feel pressurized or you feel uh, hurt and so on and so on. You see, your learned behavior, behavior that you were so used to in time past, when you were under this sort of situation, now, when you feel the same thing, naturally, you begin to react the same way you want to go and get, even though you don't have it, you go and get some cigarette, you know, and, and you begin to smoke again. Right? It's, it's a learned behavior under that sort of condition. And so when you smoke, you feel bad, you know, you know. How come? You know, for so long I didn't smoke and, and, and I'm a Christian. I, I, I shouldn't be doing this. And, and how come I'm doing it? You know, am I really believing God or whatever? You know, that has nothing to do with, with, with that. 
is because of certain learned behavior, you, you just react in that way under that sort of, sort of circumstances. Okay, uh, uh, so uh, so we have to unlearn the learned behavior that that we we have. Okay, so we carry with us baggages. You know how Ray Andrew describe it as the baggages that are left behind by the crucified old man. Okay, it's just like I feel that this 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 picture is very very helpful for me to understand because a lot of us we really struggle if I'm dead in Christ if I'm already crucified with Christ how come I'm still doing certain things that I know I shouldn't be doing that is not right okay I feel that this picture helps us help me tremendously you know to understand the process okay so he described as a person uh, dead you know He's already dead. Okay, so he's gone. But the thing is, at home, we still have things that belong to the, that man or that woman you know, in our home. And so initially, when you look at maybe the picture, maybe the rice cooker that they always you know, uh, use to, to do uh, cook and so on and so on, and you, it, it reminds you it reminds you as if the person is still around. You know, it's so vivid in your, in your mind. And, 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 and uh, some people can really feel, you know, they're, yeah, they're still there. Okay, so, so it's, it's a memory. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that's left behind. You know, that, that, that reminds you. It's the baggage that's left behind. So after a while, when you sort of quiet down and, and everything settled, you begin to pick up the new uh, the old thing, right? You begin to clear up things which are which belong to the person and so on. So as you clear out, as you remove those things, so after a while, you know, they they, they are gone. Okay? Uh, it doesn't remind you anymore because you don't you, you have already cleared up uh, most of their things and and uh, uh, and, and so on. Right, so it takes time. It takes time for for someone who have who have lost somebody to sort of uh, uh, sort of get used to uh, 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 and know that the person is gone. That person is not there any longer, and and, and it's, it's no use uh, feeling that way and, and 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 so on. Okay, it takes them to 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 settle some of issue uh, in their life. So so that picture helps helps. It will help you. It will help each one of us to understand why we struggle, you know, with our new identity. We we have a new identity, and yet the old old way seems to be there. And it's not that we don't have a new identity. We do have a new identity, but we just have to clear up the old baggages that's left behind. And it takes time, right? So so the story about the wolf boy, I think we have heard that before. It's so useful, right? Just in case you have not heard it, uh, you know this this family. They, they were in a this light plane, that light plane, and uh, uh, flying over the jungle. I believe it's the Amazon or some, some somewhere. Uh, and and the plane crashed. The light aircraft crashed. The whole family died, except a little baby. You know, we just have a plane crash, and some young person, you know miraculously survived. Just one person and 150 old people died. So so. 
this is a smaller scale. So this baby survived the, the crash. But in a jungle, who is going to take care of the baby? Amazing. You know, wolf, king, and, 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 and uh, took this baby and take care of this baby. And this baby grew in a jungle with the wolf taking care of them. And let me tell you, uh, I've, I've read somewhere, this is not the only incident. In, in, in human history, there are different incidents. Animal has taken care of human beings and, and, and taken care of them and they grow. Okay, not just once. But anyway, coming back to the wolf boy story. So as the boy grew up with this uh, uh, wolf and he behaved exactly like wolf. It's like them. You know, make sounds like the sound they made. And one day, you know, the, now the, the boy is probably about 10, just 10 over years now. And, and there were people who went into the jungle and they saw this boy, but he behaved like wolf. So they call him wolf boy. They saw this wolf boy running around in a jungle. And they were so surprised. And finally, finally, they managed to capture him. They captured him. So they took him into civilization, right? But he's wild. He's wild. But you can imagine for the wolf boy, now he saw, uh, he, he sees other human beings. And he begins to realize he doesn't look like those wolves in a jungle. He looks like the human being. So in his mindset, he would have a new identity now. He's not a wolf. He is a human being like these people here. They look like him. But the trouble is, you know, all his past has been brought up like a wolf. And, and, and he's wild. And so they, 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 they try and tame him and, and, and uh, uh, eventually he was adopted by a couple, adopted parents. And uh, when they have him newly in the house and have meals over the dinner table. And you know, Western people, they have their dogs in the house and, and the dogs will have their dog food, you know, part of family. Uh, they will have their dog food and, and, and so on. And immediately the boy just just get himself on the floor and behave, you know, like wolf or, or like animals and wanting to eat there. You see, the, 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 the baggages, the old baggages that were still there. Even though now in his mind, he knows he's not a wolf. He's not an animal. But still, you see the conflict with his new identity because of the old baggages, because of learned behavior that he's so accustomed to, you know, and the memory, the mindset, uh, the memory of the past. Right? Uh, so it takes time. It takes three to five years or serious cases, you know, for them to work through this, this process of, uh, into their new identity. Okay? Uh, so that gives us encouragement because sometimes we, we don't see immediate result and then we get so discouraged. We begin to question ourselves. Why? You know, why? I'm a Christian. Why? Why? I still do this and so on. Okay? But each time, what do we have to do? We have to stand firm on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, our identity is in Christ. 
I know who I am, not because of my performance, but because of my relationship, because of my birth. I'm born again of the Spirit of God. Because of my birth, I'm a son of God. Not because of my performance. Right? But because of my birth, because of my relationship with God, I know who I am. Okay, so God has set us, uh, Christ has set us free, and uh, uh, but we need to, we still need to be responsible for our own behavior now. It's not that we, we are not responsible, we still have to be responsible because now we have a choice. We are set free. We have a new identity. We are set free from the past. We have a choice how we live, how we behave. Okay, Romans 6, Romans 6 verse 12. It says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the part of your body to sin as instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as instrument of righteousness. Okay, so now, We have a choice now because we have a new identity, because we are set free by Jesus. We are responsible to offer ourselves to God and to obey Him and to do what is right. And it's important that we do that. It's important that we do that because now when you believe in Jesus, you have a new identity, you you accept it. Because you, you just newly believe in Jesus. You just thank God. Yeah, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I have a new identity. But if you don't do what is consistent with your new identity, if you keep doing the old thing, you know, your, your, your faith, your natural faith in this identity will, will begin to be... Uh, 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 challenge, you know, shaken. If you if you uh, keep uh, doing what is opposed to your new identity, after a while, you know, your faith in this new identity that you have begins to diminish. You you will just not believe that you have a new identity. So we have to uh, keep reminding ourselves, you know, do not allow sin to reign and do things which are consistent with our new identity. Then we reinforce. In our mind, in our, in our spirit, we reinforce this identity that we have. Right? So even though now, maybe at times, we fail. But overall, you know, we keep doing what is right. So we reinforce the new identity that we have. So that's how we have a healthy uh, self-image when we continue to walk by faith and to continue to consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God, continue to keep our faith in Jesus, uh, what Jesus has done for us. Okay, so if we have a positive, uh, if, if we have a, a, a positive self-image, how do we see ourselves now? Right? We see ourselves as significance. You know, we have value, we are important, we have worth. So our life tends to be filled with confidence, uh, joy, and uh, and we're able to accept ourselves. You know, when we have 
healthy self-image, we, we, we recognize the, the weaknesses, the scars, and so on, right? Like Paul was saying, you know, he persecuted the church. We, we were able to, to, to accept ourselves, you know, the, the weaknesses and so on. But, but we also recognize our strength. So we uh, are able to live out the life that God wants us to live, to contribute, because we are not inward, uh, just self-centered on ourselves, uh, crying out for needs, uh, people to meet our needs. Right. So our life, we'll, we'll see life as challenging. You know, we want to live for Jesus. Uh, there's great opportunity there. Uh, and our performance, we will perform nearer to our best. Because now, we see ourselves differently. We have confidence about ourselves, confidence in God, and we have a healthy self-image. So we perform. We perform. Remember, we live out of our perceived identity, our per, uh, how we perceive ourselves. So we live nearer to our best. The person with a negative self-image, you know, you really live below, below your, your best because you think that you cannot and so on. Okay, so some of us, we really need to rise up because you're not living near to your best. Right? Okay, our relationship with others, we're able to focus on others. We're able to serve others. So we can be a servant to others because of a healthy self-image. Remember Jesus washing the disciples' feet? Maybe in a little while we're going to talk about that. But just, just a point out from here. You know, Jesus have a healthy self-image. That's why he stood down. That's why he was able to, to, to serve the disciples, wash the disciples' feet. Because of a healthy self-image. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He knew that God has put all things under him. Right. And then to our perception of God, instead of questioning God, doubting God, lack faith, we love God with all of our hearts. We begin to see God as great, as good. And he, He's of such worth for us to worship Him, for us to serve Him. Why? Because we've taken our identity from Him. Because He has done great things for us. And now we really love Him, we really appreciate Him. We really want to serve Him. You see, so it changed. It changed our view about God. Okay, so until we have developed a good self-image, a positive self-image, we will not be able to realize the plans that God has for us. Let me repeat that again. This is a very serious statement. Until we have developed a good self-image, that is built on Christ. We will never realize the plans that God has for us. So look at yourself. Are you living near your best? Are you living the life that God wants you to live? If not, why not? 
We've heard so many messages. We wanted to. But why not? How do you perceive yourself? What's the internal dialogue that is inside your heart and mind when you think about yourself? Are you confident? Are you filled with hope? You know, knowing that you can? Because if you do, you know, you will live that kind of life. But if inside, you know, you feel that, you know, you're not good, you're not capable, you're not able, you lack confidence, you're not secure, Wow, you can't. You can't enter into the plan God has for us. Because God has a great plan for every one of us. That's why Satan came and tempted Jesus in this area. Remember we, we say that if, if he's able to, to tempt Jesus in this area, and, and, and if Jesus fall into that trap, the future, the plan that God has for Jesus would be totally destroyed. And if Satan can keep you suppressed, you know, look at yourself. Because of your experience, because of your past, because of, of, of what happened to you, the messages that you, you, you have received, rather than see yourself in Christ Jesus, seeing yourself as this new creation that God has made you, you will not, you will not be able to enter into the destiny. That God has for you. Okay, so it's so important that we have a healthy uh, self-image, healthy image about who we are, and that image is not the way the world, you know, build their self-image, look at themselves, but rather we see ourselves as how God look at us.